0: This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Anderson Torres, who was Brazil's justice minister under Jair Bolsonaro, the former president, was arrested in Brasilia, the capital, on his return from Florida. Mr. Torres was responsible for security in the city on January 8th when supporters of Mr. Bolsonaro stormed government buildings he is accused of colluding with the rioters, which he denies. Earlier, Brazil's Supreme Court agreed to prosecutors' request that Mr. Bolsonaro be included as a subject of their investigation. At least 12 people died and 39 were injured after a Russian missile struck an apartment block in Dnipro, a Ukrainian city. Russia unleashed two waves of strikes on Saturday. Meanwhile, Rishi Sunak, Britain's Prime Minister, said that his country would send Challenger 2 tanks to Ukraine. On Wednesday, Poland promised German-made Leopard 2 battle tanks. America, France, and Germany have said they will send lighter fighting vehicles, Bradleys, AMX, and Martyrs, respectively. An estimated 80,000 people gathered in Tel Aviv's Habima Square to protest against judicial reforms proposed by the government of Benjamin Netanyahu, Israel's prime minister. The government intends to weaken the Supreme Court by letting a majority of lawmakers in parliament overrule its decisions, among other proposals. The chief justice has warned that they would, quote, deal a fatal blow to Israeli democracy. Lawyers for President Joe Biden said that five more pages of classified documents had been found in the library at his home in Delaware. Other sensitive documents, dating from his time as Barack Obama's vice president, have been found in Mr. Biden's garage and at the Penn-Biden Center in Washington. On Thursday, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appointed Robert Herr, a former U.S. attorney for Maryland, to investigate. China said that 60,000 people have died of COVID-19 in the country in the past five weeks since it abandoned its zero-COVID policy. The figures only covered deaths in hospitals, and the true figure is probably higher. Until Saturday, the authorities had announced only several dozen COVID deaths. The government claims that the peak of infections has passed. Meanwhile. China appointed Zheng Yenxiang, the former head of Hong Kong's security forces, to lead the government's liaison office in the city. He is the mainland's most senior representative there. Mr. Zheng, who led the security agency after it was established in 2020, oversaw a crackdown on civilian liberties in Hong Kong following the passage of a draconian national security law in June of that year. Britain said it would temporarily withdraw its ambassador to Iran and impose sanctions on the country's prosecutor general after Iran executed a British-Iranian dual national, Alireza Akbari. He had served as Iran's deputy defense minister from 2000 to 2008 before moving to Britain. He was arrested in 2019 and convicted of espionage. Meanwhile, Iran released a Polish scientist who had been detained in September 2021. And Word of the Week. Narco Corrido, Spanish for, quote, drug ballad. These are songs about crime bosses and their activities, and are performed by some of Mexico's most popular bands. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Poland bolsters its army. Skiing holidays are for peacetime, Poland's defense ministry seems to think. As the two-week winter school break begins this weekend, it is offering 8,000 civilians aged 15 to 65 the chance to train with the army. The program is free of charge and involves a day of shooting, throwing grenades, and learning battlefield survival techniques with 17 military units around the country. Russia's war in Ukraine has prompted Poland, already wary of its giant eastern neighbor, to invest in its own security. Last year, the government raised defense spending to 3% of GDP in 2023, one of the highest ratios in NATO. Military recruitment is ramping up. The size of the army is doubling to 300,000 soldiers. Up to 200,000 people could be called up for military exercises, including some who have never signed up, but have skills deemed, quote, useful, including doctors, IT specialists, and lawyers. The ministry's winter, quote, adventure will doubtless deepen that pool. California's Climate mega problems. Californians, used to worrying about the state's perennial droughts, find themselves in a curious position this month. Residents across America's most populous state are wondering when torrential rains will cease. Deadly storms have flooded cities for two weeks, toppled trees, and killed at least 19 people. Droughts and floods are both consequences of the warming climate. A recent study of Californian weather in Nature Climate Change, a scientific journal, suggests that the state will probably experience an increase of 25 to 100 percent in the number of, quote, whiplash events, rapid transitions from an extremely dry summer to a very wet winter. Climate change is also increasing the likelihood of a Californian megaflood to rival its mega-drought. The current storms aren't all bad, however. Some dwindling rivers are roaring again, and officials are reminded of the need to adapt to different types of extreme weather, not just water scarcity. The question now is how long Californians' memories will be once the sun comes out. Djokovic looks poised to win a 10th Australian Open. Few things stop Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open, the first big event of the year's tennis calendar, which starts on Monday. The Serb has won the Grand Slam tournament nine times. In 2022, it took a protracted saga over his COVID-19 vaccination status. Mr Djokovic has refused to be jabbed and deportation to deny him the crown. This year, with Australia lifting its COVID restrictions, Mr Djokovic is back and in fearsome form. Last week he won the Adelaide Open, a warm-up tournament, extending his winning streak down under to 33 matches over four years. The bookies have him as the overwhelming favourite to win a tenth title, That is ominous for the players trying to break the dominance that Mr. Djokovic, along with his rivals Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal, have had over the sport for nearly two decades. Mr. Federer retired last year. Mr. Nadal is 36 years old and battle-worn. But Mr. Djokovic, only a year younger, is still playing superb tennis. The Last of Us arrives on HBO The Last of Us, a nine-part post-apocalyptic adventure, begins on Sunday on HBO Max, and on Sky Atlantic on Monday for British viewers. Filmed in Alberta, it is claimed to be the biggest TV production in Canadian history. The series will be HBO's first to be based on a video game franchise. The acclaimed game, released a decade ago, was a big hit for Sony. Set in the aftermath of a global pandemic, the TV film follows Joel, a smuggler played by Pedro Pascal, as he escorts 14-year-old Ellie, Bella Ramsey, across the United States. Ellie is immune to the infection and may be able to help doctors find a vaccine. In the course of their travels, Joel and Ellie confront infected humans, bandits, and militias. Such video game adaptations are already popular on other streaming services. Paramount Plus screened Halo, a science fiction combat adventure in 2022, and has commissioned a second series. But not all do well. Netflix's horror show, Resident Evil, was canceled following a single season. HBO will be hoping for a less apocalyptic fate for The Last of Us. Weekend Profile J. R. Moringer, Prince of Ghost Riders As John Joseph, known as J. R. Moringer, put it himself, the midwife doesn't go home with the baby. Such is the lot of ghost riders. You might expect Mr. Moringer to observe his own rule with extra rigor after he midwifed Prince Harry's Todger and All memoir, Spare. Yet the furor surrounding the book has prompted Mr. Moringer to bend it, mainly by defending several inaccuracies on Twitter. Perhaps that's because spare is just as much Mr. Moringer's work as Harry's. From chimps to champs to princes, Mr. Moringer can find a written voice for anyone, especially if they have daddy issues and a very large advance. Mr. Moringer, born in 1964 in New York City, started work as a journalist at the New York Times. He once inhabited the voice of Cheetah, the chimp star of the 1930s Tarzan films, to write a piece marking his 75th birthday. But Mr. Moringer's own memoir, The Tender Bar, published in 2005, established his real theme, How to Survive Dysfunctional Families. Mr. Moringer writes of his absent, quote, brutally insensitive father, a rock-and-roll DJ. For male role models, he had to make do with the alcohol-soaked camaraderie of Uncle Charlie and his mates in a bar. The narrative of a lost boy striving to find his true self caught the eye of Andre Agassi, a tennis star of the 1990s, with an outrageous mullet. He asked Mr. Moringer to help write his own memoir. Confronted at first by a, quote, stilted, resistant Mr. Agassi, Mr. Moringer unlocked his subject, much as he must have done with Harry, with some 250 hours of interviews. The process bears a close resemblance to psychoanalysis. Harry calls Mr. Moringer his, quote, confessor in the acknowledgments to spare. Mr. Agassi's book, Open, was revealing. It turned out that the Wimbledon winner hated tennis. Even the mullet was fake, to hide baldness, and, of course, there was the emotionally distant father. So, as the publishers must have realized, the Moringer template was a perfect fit for Harry. But what suits publishers may not have best served the prince, who might have hoped to emerge with a bit more dignity. In an age of selfies and social media exposure, however, dignity is not going to sell books. Prince Harry chose the right ghostwriter to do that. Quiz winners. Thank you to everyone who took part in this week's quiz. The winners, chosen at random, were Paul Nathaniels, Toronto, Canada Rick Mulder, Hilversum, The Netherlands Chad V. Henry, Cleveland, Ohio They all gave the correct answers of Master and Commander, Guardians, Titans, Wizards, and the Pelican. The theme is sports franchises that have changed their names. The Washington Commanders, formerly Redskins, Cleveland Guardians, formerly Indians, Tennessee Titans, formerly Oilers, Washington Wizards, formerly Bullets and New Orleans pelicans, formerly hornets. And visit the Espresso app for our new weekend crossword, designed for experienced cruciverbalists and newcomers alike. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Anna-Louise Germaine de Steyl. Life often seems like a long shipwreck, of which the debris are friendship, fame,